What we're talking about today is the impact of the IVDR amending regulation on manufacturers' applications to notified bodies. And this is an important topic because it impacts notified body capacity, which in turn, of course, affects manufacturers and might even impact product availability to patients. I'm delighted to have three key experts in the field who can shed light on this developing situation and advise strategies that may help stakeholders avoid the worst of the pitfalls. So a big welcome to Andreas Stange, Senior Vice President for the Medical and Health Services Group at the German Notified Body TUV Sud, to Graham Tunbridge, Senior Vice President, Global Regulatory and Quality for Medical Devices at BSI Group, and Hert Boss, QServe Consultancy's Executive Director and Partner. Some six years ago, Hert was head of BSI Notified Bodies Device Division, so he can see the challenges from the notified body and manufacturer perspective. And of course, Graham as well has worked for the UK regulator, the MHRA, as head of devices there. So we have lots of nice perspectives here. To kick off, uh, because there's been a, a particular uh, focus recently on the impact of the amending regulation to the IVDR. And there's been a lot of talk of uh, IVD companies taking their foot off the pedal. So how soon after the IVD amending regulation did you notice that applications from IVD companies were not coming through at quite the speed you expected? Andreas, would you like to kick off? Yeah, I think we have seen it basically since uh, the first draft was out that the the uh, number of applications went down noticeably. And uh, when we also uh, look at the data which the Commission is publishing regularly, collecting uh, numbers from notified bodies, I mean, we can clearly see that I mean, you would expect with the increasing number of notified bodies being available that also the number of applications per month is rising, but that is not happening. It, it stays flat. So the, the buildup of capacity is not used by uh, manufacturers applying. Right. And is that something you're also finding, Graham? Yeah. So I was going to say uh, the next day to your question, Amanda, which is, you know, after the regulation. But actually, Andreas is right. It was it was even before it was. Uh, adopted it was it was when the when the news came out um and i think the impact that we saw was was twofold we saw the impact to our to our in, to our in-flight work so the submissions that the the manufacturers already had with us and we saw people taking their foot off the gas being a bit slow to respond to things even even pulling files or pushing things back and then there was the the new applications which which really um which really slowed down considerably as well so there was that kind of double impact of both the work we were doing and then the prospective new work, and they both fell off quite significantly. Right. So before I turn to Hertz, I'd like to just ask one more question about that. And are you seeing that particularly in individual classes of device? I mean, class with the IVDs, class D, C, B, is it worse in any one area than another? I don't think so. Um, go on, Andreas, you go. I'd say I wouldn't put it into device classes, I would put it in manufacturer classes. I'd say our observation is that the bigger manufacturers just go ahead. Uh, they have their schedules and pull through. 
um, and the small and mid-sized, they are more, let's say, wobbly. That's a, the impression I have. Right. And is that the same with you, Graham? Yeah, I, I, I like the way that Andreas put it. Like I said, I, we're yeah. not, not seeing it, particularly seeing it by, by risk class, but yeah, the, the manufacturer yeah. type, and particularly whether a manufacturer has got a pre-existing relationship with a notified body or not, those yeah. that have are, are much more comfortable about continuing on the journey. Those that haven't, I think, have really looked to take the opportunity to to use the extra time to to get themselves right. in a better position. Okay. And Het, from your experience working with manufacturers, IPD manufacturers, what are you hearing them say in relation to the impact of the IBDR amending regulation? So, so I, I would say overlapping with what uh, what Andreas and uh, Graham have been saying, but slightly different in perspective in that sense. Um, we did see that, especially the larger corporations that were part of the the, the Brussels debates, they they stepped on the on on the brake earlier. Uh, some of them, at least, uh, than others, they were aware earlier. They had a better impl implementation of well, what's to come. Um, and they knew that uh, most likely a delay was coming, and so we saw, saw some some smaller companies continue until they were they were seeing that it's being published and so on, and they believed it, and and then uh, it kicked in for them to say, well, what does that mean for our progress? Uh, so slight slight variance there. Um, I would would agree to categorize uh, manufacturers in in different buckets in that sense, as Andreas said, but slightly different buckets. Um, some of the corporate giants that Andreas is talking about, they will be in in my bucket one. They were well on their way, and they're just continuing and finishing the program. Want to get rid of it, uh, but I also saw some others, uh, smaller companies and so on. It, in my view, that that first group is more like. Uh, when you're in the program, when you're midway or you're you're getting closer to the end, uh, companies decided to just uh, prod on and continue till it's uh, finished. Um, Mid-group will be slowing down, and that's what we've seen a lot of them. If they were in the application, if they were, uh, they just basically stopped their process or, or slowed down, as, as Graham also said, and we saw a lot of that. Uh, the, the, the worst case is uh, companies that haven't started yet, where we saw many of them uh, just say, well, you know what, this is not going to happen. Uh, we predicted this, uh, sales and marketing kicked in or executive directors or whatever and said, you know, we knew there was a delay. This is not going to happen. There will be more delays and more delays. They can't do without our product. And that's a scary bit where you see a lot of uh, manufacturers uh, say, you know what, we'll we'll figure it out once they start forcing us to make changes. Um, and that's where we, I guess, should continue to press um, uh, for, 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 for them to get started. And as for the classification, I do see one uh, cle clear difference, and that's the Class D products, where I hear quite a few manufacturers say, you know, there's no reference lab and we don't get guidance from the notified body. I know the commission has said recently, well, notified bodies can continue, just do the review with their own labs or without labs or whatever. Um, manufacturers don't believe it because a number of notified bodies also are not fully um, aligned with that perspective from the commission. And so that that class D really is the, the concern I hear, at least from the manufacturing sides, uh, and maybe some clarification on, on how to move forward will help uh, the hesitant manufacturers to to get along and work with the notified body to get these products uh, reviewed and hopefully certified. Yeah, I mean, particularly worth flagging up that the deadline for those Class D devices is the 26th of May 2025. So, uh, you know, not long away, um, two years and uh, 
given that the whole structure is new, it's a steep learning curve for manufacturers and for notified bodies. How long does it take on average for a notified body to review a Class D device, would you say, Andreas? I think uh, on average maybe one to one and a half years, but uh, we actually recently we we see uh, even faster reviews with manufacturers uh, who are experienced or where we where we have established uh, like a like a routine. We can uh, we can even do it a bit faster, but I think on average uh, more than a year. Right. So so time is of the essence. Uh, I mean, do you know any idea? Uh, Graham, of how many manufacturers are likely to be coming down the line for Class D devices? That is. Yeah, it, it, it's really difficult for individual notified bodies to to take a take a view on that. You know what what I would say is that Class D is a it's actually a relatively small proportion of the overall IVD certifications that that we're anticipating. It's not a huge amount. Um, Hertz point is really important in terms of the the delay in reference labs has really set everything back. Uh, and we were, as BSI, were initially very keen to wait until they were set up to do pretty much any Class D certifications. We've now had to take a quite a different route and, and very much do a risk-based approach to, 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 to how we're approaching it. So that has started to unstick things, um, but it's not straightforward because basically with every single manufacturer, we have to look at the product and work out, well, what's, what's the approach that we're going to take in the absence of the reference lab? And that will vary depending on the pre-existing relationship we have, the extent to which we've seen data from that manufacturer before, the age of the product, what data the manufacturer has got. Yeah, there, there's so many different things that can that can influence it. Ultimately, we we won't take any risks. So so that is building time into it. Um, Andreas's kind of comment on timescale, I'd agree with that. And, and the, the team MB survey has got the kind of the data on on that. And you know, a year is about roughly where where you're seeing the the, the yes. average. It seems. Okay. And Andreas, are you doing the same sort of thing given the absence of reference laboratories? I think well, we we are with 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 the manufacturers we are working right now. In most cases, uh, these are often established list A devices, so there is a, a history of of uh, of the product and and. Uh, there is not really uh, extremely new techniques uh, or technologies involved, so so there's a confidence on on our side and on the manufacturer side. Uh, we know each other, and and we have not so much a big concern of of the reference labs uh, now not being operational so quickly. Of course, it, it, it forces us to to think of uh, out of the box a little bit and figure out how to bridge that. Yeah, is so. This, uh Sorry to interrupt, but are the conversations going on between the different notified bodies about how to manage this situation? Are you in agreement about what you're going to do in the absence of reference laboratories? I understand from Marta Cagnelli, who is uh, representing us, and I think she's uh, she, she who's heading the, the team and be uh, working group for IVD said that there are uh, alignment discussions on on how this can be approached. So so I believe. Uh, that that uh, well, I mean, it needs to work out uh, then uh, for each uh, product. But in the end, I believe that the notified bodies go in the same direction. Okay, and um, going back to this conversation about those manufacturers that aren't convinced about going ahead now with their applications, and also considering that it's particularly maybe those smaller companies, those less acquainted with notified bodies. 
what do you think can be done about this? Do, um, I mean, Het, you're in regular communication at high level with people in the Commission. And are you hearing plans to launch some kind of campaign to sort this out? I haven't picked up on that sentiment. I haven't picked up on that sentiment. That's why I'm I'm pushing notify bodies maybe to take that lead. Um, I heard also from Marta that uh, that they're working on on getting that joint uh, implementation basically from the notify body perspective. The good thing is that notify body uh, bodies are are invited more and more to uh, authority meetings, to commission meetings, and so on and so on. And so in that sense, if uh, if we go back to the old system where notified bodies kind of take the first step and then get everyone on board, um, that, that is more successful these days than it has been for the last uh, decade. So my hopes would be there that notified bodies can provide that clarity. I understand from talking to some of the notified bodies that, that they have some legal concerns. And I guess that's also where uh, BSI and TV in the, in the start were like, OK, but but it's not in the law. Can, how far can we deviate from the law to be confident that this is not going to uh, haunt us uh, after we've made well, what, what later on will be seen as a mistake or whatever? Um, so it has to be taken very carefully with a with a risk mindset, not a risk on the product only, but a risk to the company and to the certification and, and designation state uh, that they have. So I understand also it takes some time and some some notified bodies are well, they, they, they are able to 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 progress faster than others in this sense. And uh, that's at least what we hear back also from some of the feedback we have from some of the other uh, IVD notified bodies. Right. And that also leads to the question about the whole planning for uh, notified bodies in, in terms of it's difficult to know at what rate these applications are now going to come forward for you. Um, you've got these deadlines coming up for, for legacy devices in 2025, 26, 27 for um, IVDs. Um, and, and on top of that, there's predictions of potential bottlenecks. Perhaps, or there certainly were before we had the amending regulations. So I suppose one of my questions is, do you still think there will be bottlenecks? If so, what will cause it? And quite, you know, and alongside that, how are you managing to plan your workloads, your schedules? So, yeah, Graham, would you like to start? Oh, crikey. OK, so it, I guess, you, you know, one of the one of the big challenges that we have is is that from identifying the need to get some resources in place in a particular product area, so particular specialism, particular competence, as, as we call it in the notified body world, to actually getting that person fully trained, able to do work. You know, we talk about this often, but it, you know, the pipelines to recruit, to train is probably two and a half, three years. It's it's a long time. So so the lead in is particularly long. So, yeah. you know, you have to be always constantly looking ahead. So we're already looking ahead now to, to thinking, what are the, what are the requirements going to be in, in 2026? And how do we need to staff up to do that now? And, and you're always tweaking and guessing. And the trouble is when you're having discussions internally and you look at the impact of, say, the, the IVDR, the amending regulation, we saw the work turn off a bit. So inevitably, you have a bit of spare capacity and people go, well, why do you need more people if you've currently? So that, that's, that's a really difficult one to, to navigate as, as, a, as an organisation. Um, we do the best we can and, and we're, very, we're very conscious of the need to make sure that there aren't bottlenecks. Um, I think the, the single biggest challenge is, is, is the learning curve that, that notified bodies are going on, but particularly manufacturers who haven't engaged with a, 
with a notified body before going on. And if we're going to see any issues, it's going to be, you know, after the first submission where we go back and we say to the manufacturer, look, there's there's a lot of work that needs to be doing here. And particularly where they need to kind of patch up big missing holes in the evidence that, that we need. You know, structure and, 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 and content other things we can work around, but where there are just gaps, which there will be, that's going to be the thing that's going to take going to take the time and effort and, and, and money to, uh, to, to to fill. And are you seeing that a lot at the moment with the Class D devices? Um, t- yes and no. I think I think as, as we've reflected, a lot of these are experienced manufacturers. They're existing yeah. Annex 2 list A devices. So yeah, of course. Yeah. They, they, there's, there's a bit more experience there, maybe in, in yeah. some other areas. But, but and as Andrea said, you've got a big variety. You've got the people that are well prepared that are going to mm. make it through and do it. And there are other people that are that are really on on very early on on that learning curve. Yeah. So it, uh, from that point of view, you're pro- uh, perhaps expecting that more with class C and B, B devices because more of those are not acquainted with using notified bodies under the IVD directive. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty pretty safe assumption, Amanda. Yeah. Okay. And Andreas, how about you with the issues around planning and recruitment? Yeah, I think this is uh, well. We 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 are. Uh, well, going ahead, and I mean, we are we are building up resources on both uh, operations and certification body side, and uh, yeah, also for us. And I, I I'd like to say it is uh, not depending on whether you talk about a notified body or about another regulatory agency. I mean, you just need the time to to train and educate the people. I mean, that is not not let's say a specific uh, 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 let's say property or you say of of, of the notified body system and uh, i mean we are talking here about the transition time so we will need to get over that and we will need to uh, manage this this uh, this wave of uh, of applications which will inevitably come uh, when the deadline is there and uh, yeah the the, the concerning uh, period will probably be uh, when we come to the end uh, and uh, class b this is 50 uh, percent of of the of the devices on the market and uh, mostly supposedly from manufacturers with little notified body experience so that that will be a challenge yeah but uh, that is uh, the way it is and i think that is uh, I, I think we need to distinguish between the problems uh, or the issues we have with the regulation with a regulatory setup as such and then the transition time yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah. that we, we need to separate these so, I mean, it sounds almost as if we're likely to head for the same situation as we encounter every time that when you've got the very final deadline coming up, you've then got this glut of manufacturers who have held back and then they're rushing at the last minute. So, Het, what are you saying to your clients and what do you think consultants generally are saying to their clients? Well, I, I, generally, I guess every every consultant is pushing for the same thing: get going, get going. Uh, remember, Suspenser, head of our IVD team, she keeps on saying already for years, "Don't take your food off yes. the gas," um, because th- this is inevitably going to happen. That there will be delays in 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 corporate structures and making decisions to spend money. If it's not needed this year, we can do it next year, right? We save the money now, and especially with well, the challenges we've had with with the Corona pandemic, the challenges we've had uh, last uh, end of last year, this year, with the extreme high inflation rates uh, in certain parts of the world, where where also based on that, a lot of programs have been scrutinized, have been put on hold, 
So it's not just this delay based on, well, we have more time for the IVDR. It is companies restructuring. Uh, a lot of companies in the US have uh, made big layoffs in the last couple of weeks, uh, also based on that. Uh, including uh, people from the regulatory, including the people that have been diligently working on getting these, these IVDR files as well as MDR files into the notified bodies, the experience well kicked out because you're the most senior, most ex uh, most expensive person. Um, so, so there's more worries to that uh, that will contribute to what you say. Yeah, we'll, we'll have another uh, bottleneck uh, coming up in in the years to uh, to come. Um, so, message one is keep going, keep going. Um, message two. Uh, take whatever the notified body says serious. Um, this is um, and this is a message to the notified bodies as well. Um, I would say when when you educate people, educate your 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 reviewers to not soft word what their findings are, uh, because that's what we sometimes see. And so a first review, it's the best dossier the manufacturer has, right? And let's try the notified body, and then it comes back with. Well, a number of questions and so obviously, but it's not like, well, black and white, this is wrong, this is bad, you have to do better and so on. It is it is sometimes soft worded, um, not naming any notified body or any specific reviewer. There's differences, of course, but but being more exact on what is not good and how serious that is, that would really help get that message out like, well, you don't have time to lose. Um, and with that, uh, positively writing down what is good and why it's good uh, will also help uh, the understanding of manufacturers. They did, they did, they they didn't happen to just get it right. No, their thinking, their structure behind it is is what is needed. Uh, so in that sense, I, I think we all can push more for continuation, but also clarity on what is needed and what is good enough. So that that urgency of getting getting it done sooner rather than later. Is heard from all sides. And um, to what extent can the notified bodies assist some of the ma manufacturers who are on this steep learning curve? Because, of course, that is actually out of your remit under the medical device and IVD regulations. Nevertheless, there must be this perception, especially when it comes to the, the Class C and B devices, that these manufacturers are going to need a little bit of hand-holding, a little bit of assistance. Is there a way you can get around that, Andreas? Well, we are, uh, as, as we all know, we are uh, not allowed to consult and uh, the uh, authorities are interpreting this uh, very strict um, the uh, both the commissions and the national authorities um, we still try to uh, follow or to to offer this uh, what was called in the MBCG guidance last year, uh, 2020 to 14, uh, the structured dialogues where we where we offer basically uh, uh, meetings where we can discuss uh, planning of, of submissions, uh, how this is structured uh, and, and uh, I mean, principal issues which which are, uh, well, explaining regulatory requirements and so on and so forth and, and helping, uh, uh, supporting then uh, to, to, to get a better understanding what is uh, what is required. I mean, it would be good uh, in the future revision of of these regulations if we could do uh, like a rolling review um, where we could, for instance, look at clinical data 
plan. I mean, like 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 plans for uh, clinical studies uh, before they are undertaken, um, because it saves a lot of time and 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 saves a lot of cost. In the moment, we we can only look at the final study and then say thumbs up, thumbs down, something like that. Yeah, um, and that is not. Uh, yeah, it, it it can waste a lot of time and money. Yeah, so. Um, Hopefully, this can be considered in in the in the next revision of of the regulations. And what about you, Graham? Do you feel there is any way you can sort of get around what the rules are around supporting companies? I know consultancy's out, obviously. But... I, I I would never say that we would look to get around the rules, Amanda. We would we we, <laughs> we 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 abide by the rules and and, and then some. But but and, yeah. uh, Andreas mentioned structured dialogue, and that's one that we're really looking. And I think the IVD area is ripe for it because of what we were discussing earlier, because of the relative immaturity of of the companies involved, but also frankly because of the complexity of some of the products that we're coming through. If you look at genomics and, and some of the next generation sequencing products, for example, you've got these kind of bits of kit with some bits which are class A, some bits was general general laboratory equipment. You've got accompanying software which might be class C. You've got the and and you know you can have a very productive conversation with a manufacturer that doesn't involve any consulting which says you know, they can say, here's how we see our system stacking up. Here's how we're going to present the information to you. How is that going to work? And we can say, well, actually, what makes our reviewers life a hell of a lot easier is if you can put the information like this, if you can do it like this, if you put certain indications like this. And those, you can have very straightforward conversations that don't even begin to look like consulting, but are just, when it comes to doing the actual review work, will take literally kind of weeks out of the review just by having an hour to hour conversation to, to to have that exchange of views and those five bodies will approach these things in different ways because we're structured differently because we work differently because we train our people site differently yes there'll be some consistency but having that dialogue with an individual notified body is really important and i would agree with andreas we need to we need to we need to move in the future otherwise we're all going to be stuck in this position whereby no one can do the right thing for patients because we're all too busy worrying that we're not following the rules as they're written exactly and how they're interpreted. Yeah. Okay. Before finishing, what I would like to do is ask you about um, the Medical Device Coordination Group uh, guidance document 2022-14. How is this working? Maybe I'll ask Het first. Uh, among um, the companies who are your clients, have they had much experience of feeling there's not as much work needed because they're able to leverage their previous, the notified bodies can leverage the previous assessments? I, I do believe that is the case. Um, it depends very much on the on the reviewers and depends on the on the on the notified bodies. But but uh, historically, of course, there's always been this debate within manufacturers saying, well, how can it be that a manufacturer has a product on the market for 10, 15 years, notified body has been reviewing it all the time, auditing and so on, authorities supervising the vigilance? Why on earth is it now bad? Right? We continue to use it for years and years and years, so these products apparently are safe. Um, and 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 so that led to a lot of frustration, and I guess the, uh, the 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 dialogues were not constructive or structured in that sense. And I do believe in the last couple of months since the uh, the last guidance uh, that you refer to came out, that uh, we have seen an uptake of allowance to use old data, allowance to use older clinical data, allowance to just um, go back to that, well, um, add a little bit more value, more pressure on the historic safety profile of the products. 
um, easier step into doing PMCF surveys rather than to a full-blown clinical uh, study on uh, on products that are relatively new. Um, and, and so there, there has been a shift, but it depends on the situation. It depends on the product um, and so on. Uh, but, but, but secondly, also going back to our previous discussion, we've also seen some notifobolies taking these these structured dialogues into a next level, basically talking about these, these historic data, talking about um, why there are gaps in a sense that, well, there's still some deficiencies, but we have a draft answer now. Could you reflect as a notified body reviewer on if you think we understood your questions right by looking at our draft answers? And, and, and that way, that guidance uh, th that was steering to get, well, try anything to get out of this delaying system has led to uh, more and more, well, I wouldn't say acceptance of old data and old styles, but, but experimenting with newer ways to communicate and, and get it done. Right. Okay. So very much a practical application. Yeah. So, um, Graham, what do you think? This. Yeah, so so it, it's one a, a bit like I said. It's definitely since the publication of the guidance document, it's something that we are more openly able to to have the conversation with mm. manufacturers about. Uh, you know, in it, 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 again, looking at the practicalities of it, we are we're saying to manufacturers when you're putting submissions together, you need to very clearly signpost where there are chunks that are essentially kind of lift and shift from from your directive submissions, if you like. Yeah. Um, and particularly where we've been a notified body previously, we can then cross-refer to that if, yeah. if needs be. Uh, th there's never any suggestion that, that, the, that the conclusions that we reach aren't based on the evidence presented. So it's not like we kind of, we, you know, you skip over and go tick. What it, what it means that you can do is that, that you can you can be more efficient in the in the way that you review it. So I think it's ticking up. There is still a need, I think, for a bit, bit more consistency. And there is, I think, ongoing discussions at a kind of pan-European across notified bodies with the commission to see if we can get something out on this in terms of some guidance. It's taken something of a backseat because of the focus on sorting out the MDR extension, everything around that. But I think now that that is starting to settle down again, we can pick that one up and, and maybe right. look at earnest and, and see. So what you, we... you feel the need for detailed guidance around this so that you're all behaving in the same way in terms uh, of accepting, you know, yeah. previous material from previous assessments. As you know, I always say, Amanda, be careful what you wish for when it comes to guidance. But this, <laughs> this is an area where where I think we would we would benefit from that. Yeah, great. And Andreas, what, what's your experience and, and how do you approach this area of leveraging evidence from previous assessments? Yeah, when when uh, looking at the at the IVD, uh, our, I mean, this will then mostly apply only for class D devices where yeah. we have basically list A assessments and uh, we we with that we are uh, able to shorten the the review cycle so so that uh, looks looks quite good uh, we are uh, about to institutionalize this internally um so so this this yeah uh, will will give some uh, relief uh, to to both the manufacturers and us um uh, so that is a positive thing but uh, i i also agree in this area and also with the structured dialogues it would be helpful to have uh, clear clear guidances and not just this vague vague uh, vague formulations uh, yeah. which which can be interpreted then again on uh, different by different uh, designating authorities in different ways it's also a matter whether you know 
the 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 manufacturer and the team uh, you, you you work a bit uh, longer then then uh, there is of course a higher level of confidence uh, as such yes. yeah um, I, I, I think i think uh, um amanda the the kind of the main focus for leveraging evidence is probably mdd to mdr with the same notified body that that's where you actually get the, the biggest yeah. benefit okay with, yes. with 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 transfers i don't i don't think that that concept really applies we have an yeah. established way of doing transfers but I, I don't think you can really leverage evidence in the same way because it, it's 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 designed about where the manufacturer has had visibility of previous submissions have done surveillance and you can you can pick that up and port that through but it really needs to be under the same under the same notified body right Okay, well, thank you. So just before we finally wrap up, could I invite you each to make a, a statement about what you think is needed most urgently to make things flow better when it comes to IVDR applications? Ahead, would you like to go first? Yeah, so so in that sense, I I, I guess while well, not waiting for guidance, um, uh, because that might turn against us, uh, as as Graham said, uh, don't 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 want to have the guidance on that structured dialogue in a sense. Um, but what should be done is to to get that clarity as to what is good enough, what is uh, not good, and be very strong on on explaining why things are not good. Uh, so that in the first review, especially for the class B and class C products, that the the, the manufacturers are new to the notify body they get the right message back um that's critical uh, so that they can adjust their 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 energy levels to make it right and i i hope that notified bodies will find it uh possible to be black and white and have uh, some structured dialogues about why things are not good uh, without telling manufacturers what to do right okay and andreas yeah, from uh, our side, uh, we like to emphasize, please submit um, your applications. Uh, don't withdraw them. We, we've actually seen also withdrawals. That is uh, very unfortunate. And uh, yeah, we we are open and we are happy to discuss uh, any application. The times where, where, where notified bodies have rejected applications, I think this is uh, over, this is the past, this is uh, really, I, I, it, it is not uh, happening uh, recently. And I think I speak for, for all notified bodies. Um, so um, that is uh, what we like to emphasize. So you need an upward curve in applications. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Graham, you? Yeah, likewise. Um, that, you know, there's a there's a lot of noise at the moment, Amanda. We, we all know the noise. Bottlenecks, no capacity notified bodies, and it's almost like that is one of the things that is being used an excuse not to not to get into a notified body and have the conversation. So I'll I just echo what what Andreas and Hertha have said. You know, you need to get in, have the conversation. Actually, you know, most notified bodies, yes, there aren't that many designated the RVDR, but most have capacity. And actually, kind of the, the the waiting times, if there are any, are, are pretty short. So so come talk to us. We'll be very clear about what we can do. But also, don't be afraid. If you've got questions, then in that process of of, of talking to notified body in the early stages, ask them. If if we can't ask them, we'll say no. That needs to be that's something we can never answer, or that needs to be in the context of the performance assessment. But you know, don't. It, there's often this sense of just the sense of terror by you know you ask a question and you get an answer that you really don't like, but as Hurt said, you know, until you get the answer to those questions, you're not going to know where you are on the stage in the journey. So come to us, engage and, and, and don't delay. 
some nice big strong statements to conclude thank you and thank you all it's been a very interesting conversation